by the tree. Hoping Santa Claus got some gifts for me. Me. Sleeping hey, by the tree. tree. Look out, look out, look out, yeah. Sleeping by the tree. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast, a post-game edition of the Pewter Report Podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com, along with Scott Reynolds of PewterReport.com, and unfortunately, we are here to talk about a Bucks loss, not just any loss, Scott, a humiliating 9 to nothing shutout loss to the Saints at home. With the division title on the line, and the Bucks just absolutely laid an egg. Yeah, this was a game where, you know, it seemed to me like Byron Leftwich was not the play caller, but the quarterback in this game. Because I've seen some god-awful offensive performances. And Leftwich back in 2009, authored a couple of them. Uh, with, <laughs> with, with Greg Olson as the coordinator under Raheem Morris. Just a p- pathetic offense back then. And... Uh, Josh Freeman eventually took over, but listen, this was this was up there with some of the worst Bucks games I've ever seen. Just an absolute train wreck. Um, the worst part about this is is they were injured, right? I mean, the Buccaneers suffered yeah. so many injuries. It's not even about this game. It's about next week, the week after that, the playoffs. Right. This right. this was brutal in the sense that. It wasn't just the complete meltdown by the offense. It was all the injuries that this team sustained. And then also, too, I, I, I think that for anybody out there uh, that, that wanted A.B. off this team, I think you've changed your mind by now, right? And, and you want Rashard Perryman off the COVID list, too, right? I, I think that's, that's exactly what's up yep. because, because I'll tell you what. These young guys, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, so Jalen bad. Darden, Sneak Vaughn showed me absolutely nothing. Oh, uh, young guy Cam Bray. Oh, wait, Cam Bray's a vet. Oh, wait, Cam Bray's made his career catching tough. Yeah, uh, he was a complete dud. He was uh, what a dud. He was awful. We- speaking of speaking of duds, let's go through some of these numbers. Tom Brady 26 of 48 for 214 yards and an interception. Got sacked four times. The Bucks offensive line got worked over, but at the same time, I agree with Bruce Arians. There was not enough separation at all. Some of these sacks were, were covered sacks. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, two catches, 29 yards. He was targeted 11 times. I don't know the Gronks ever had a stat line like that. 11 uh, targets. If he has, it's come against the Saints. But, yeah, probably not yeah. many, not that many targets. I mean, he yeah. dropped three passes, a bunch of other catchable balls. Yeah. I didn't go even counting the one that got tipped, and he kind of grabbed with one hand and should have probably caught still. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Joss, it was horrible. It really was, and uh, and so I I think the biggest story out of this game is 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 not you know that they lost to the Saints again. I, I put a little fun fact out there on Twitter just to kind of cheer everybody up. I said the last time the the Bucks were swept by the Saints, they won the Super Bowl. That was last year. <laughs> and also, moment. John, in two thousand two, they got swept by the Saints. They won the Super Bowl that year too. So will will this will this be par for the course? I don't know, but history says this is not the end of the world. But again, yeah. the storyline coming out of this game is not is not the nine to nothing loss, not the embarrassment of not you know getting the hats and t-shirts tonight. That's eventually going to come, mm-hmm. I believe. It's the injuries. It's who's going to be available next week for Carolina, which mm-hmm. that should be a winnable game. But it depends should. on who's out there catching passes from Tom Brady, or should I say, not catching passes from Tom Brady? Right. Yeah, tonight it was definitely not catching uh, Scott. And of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the one good thing we're catching tonight, which is a, yes. a, a little boost of energy from our friends over at Celsius. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy, no sugar. And my orange sickle here that I'm rocking to finish yeah. off the night. No sugar in this thing, but unbelievable taste and flavor. And it's like that with all the Celsius flavors, Scott. They're just uh, outstanding stuff from Celsius to create so many good. You can see a Fuji apple pear, strawberry guava, oh. berry. Fuji apple pear. John had a Fuji you're apple pear about? tonight. I crushed the can. I threw it against the wall, so I can't even use it as a prop tonight. Okay. <laughs> but I did have a Fuji apple pear. It's it's part of it is splattered on my wall. And this is the that's the bit, fault of the box, I think. Probably. Yeah, there's a little bit in the crushed up can, and, uh, and I'm looking at here in the corner of my eye. It was that kind of a performance, but if you are looking for an energy drink that can sustain you without the letdown, without a lot of the bad stuff, you get another energy drinks. Check out Celsius. Go to click on the banner ads at PeterReport.com or go to Celsius.com. Use the store locator. Find out where they are selling Celsius near you. 
Yeah. Scott, where do we start with this performance? I think we start right where you were just talking, actually, with the skill position players in this game and the offensive line. I mean, I'm not even I don't want to hear anything about Tom Brady in this game. I don't want to hear anything. Yeah. I know it wasn't his best game ever. Right. And most of that was fourth quarter, you know, when he got frustrated yeah. and it was clear everybody else in the team had no interest in playing. Until then, he was he was fine in the first half. I mean, he was with 17 to yeah. 20, 16 to 23 with four or five drops in the first half. I, I, Everybody I think, else was ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think can that, say what you want about coverage sacks, God, but some of those were immediate losses by Alex Kappa, Tristan Wirfs, Donovan yeah. Smith was on the ground. Ryan Jensen, times. yeah, Jensen was bad. He got yep. he lost a rep. Marpet seemed fine, but everybody. I mean, yeah, receivers didn't get open. Drop balls before God when he went down. He had dropped a ball. Gronk had dropped three balls on the game, and like I yep. said, there was another one he probably should have caught. Braid had dropped a couple passes in this game. The young guys got in and they sucked. They were terrible. Darden slowed down on that route. He was supposed to get vertical on. Johnson sat down against man coverage instead of continuing to move in the middle of the field. Brady has to throw and complete to him because he's not running his route the right way. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, from what I saw, Scotty, he was fine, but I didn't see him in the frame like the other guys. But geez, man, it was, I mean, everybody on this offense except Brady and maybe Marpet, we'll see if I get to review the tape, yeah. was horrible yeah. throughout this game. Yeah. Just, like, just awful, and uh, well, and Ronald Jones to his credit, I thought Rojo did a, a pretty good job, you know, and uh, uh, he had he had a couple of uh, big runs uh, in very limited. Brady duties. did get on him about running out of bounds on that third. Okay, show, true, and and, and well deserved, you know. But, but you're right, uh, he did run. He had a couple good runs. I'll yeah, that. yeah, I don't. Yeah, but I mean, it just these injuries, you know, Chris Godwin. Yeah. Godwin with the knee, and, yeah. you know, you don't know what it is, hyperextension, yep. or is it worse than that? He was jogging on the sideline. He wanted to come back in, you know, so that yeah. kind of good sign maybe we'll see, but he's going to be sore. Oh, yeah. Evans, a hamstring. This was weird. Evans must have got hurt before this catch, I'm thinking, because right. he was out of the game for like four plays in a row. Yeah, then With he came back, out, made the catch. Yeah. yeah, he made the catch and then was out of play, came back into play, I think, maybe, and then was out for the rest of the game, something like that. Yeah. He just couldn't go with the hamstring. That's a bummer because that's that's played in oh, the yeah. past. Am I right about that, Scott? Yeah, and the other thing too is, I mean, they lose Levante David, who is easily the best player on defense tonight, easily, uh, in in the second half to an injury. It looked like Pat O'Connor suffered a serious knee injury. He's a top special teams ace. I mean, they lost a lot of starters, as Bruce Arians said. He said seven starters. I, I don't know if he lost seven, but, I mean, when you yeah, factor in that AB – AB wasn't out there, and Brashad Perriman's a starter now, so I guess he wasn't out there either. So I think maybe Bruce is counting some ghosts that he weren't in the game. But uh, but yeah, it 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 was it was like a mash unit out there. And, and again, I I think what's most disappointing is is you know if you're Jalen Darman, if, if you're Keyshawn Vaughn, man, it's like this is your chance to be something more than a gunner. You know, and it's like I know he had one little run that that happened at the end of the game, and they're expecting a pass. Little draw or whatever it was, but I mean, dude, Keyshawn Vaughn brutal. can't even play, and he like can't. we're getting to a point where like we need to talk about if Jalen Darden can play. Like, yeah, I don't he think can't he can't run a punt back without falling over. No, he can't run a route without. He can't run a route. No, I mean, what he's slowing down. He's against Lattimore. Yeah. He's slowing down, looking for the ball. It's like, dude, run the ball's going to be out. Yeah. Like, then he gets stacked by Lattimore late in the game. He's yeah. not open at all. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, anybody talking and, about Brady listen, from this game. Out of their mind, I think. Like, Tyler Johnson, he, he's a possession receiver. He can't run. How many times did he catch the ball, start yeah. to make a move, and get ankle tackle? I mean, he just yeah, does not just, have the speed. He's just not an athlete. Like, no. and he's fine. Like, I think Tyler Johnson's a fine complimentary number four for a yeah. team that schemes people open, like the Rams or the 49ers. He could probably do wide receiver three stuff. Yeah. Because he makes tough catches in the middle of the field. Like, he could, he's a fine player, but if he's right. your primary option, you're screwed. Like in this offense, yeah, no, nah, you're screwed, dude. <laughs> he's your John, primary option. John, like, can I blow your mind for a second? Yes. Where was OJ Howard? <laughs> I know. I want to see how many snaps he even played. Like he where got was OJ Howard clearly held, but at another pass go off his hands too. He I, might have dropped one. I mean, I'm just saying, where's OJ Howard? Yeah, he's he's gone. It's, it's I mean, he's friend. gone. He's yeah, gone. and I he's a I know ghost. you got Yeah, I know you got to yeah. j- jump on uh, a, another interview here really quick uh, for I a few do, yeah. minutes, and and I'll probably run this thing solo while I'm waiting for uh, anybody else to jump in here uh, with us. But yeah, it's um, this has been like this supporting cast for the Bucks has been probably the most disappointing part of the season. Like 
obviously Godwin Evans and AB are fine, and Gronk is you know was horrible in this game, but he is most of the time fine. But I mean, could anyone have expected Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Perryman outside of that one play? You know, like they Cam Braid, OJ Howard, everybody down the depth chart at running back, other than basically Fournette. Even when Gio was out there, I mean, he's fine as a receiver, I guess. Not the pass protector you expected. Like all of the depth that we said that the Bucks have has pretty much all sucked all year. Like they've just all pretty much been bad or been like average to below average, like maybe not just objectively bad. Like Keyshawn Vaughn is horrible. Like I don't like I don't know if he can play in the league. Like this, I mean, this literally you've been waiting all year for this chance, and you drop a pass, you like you can't even stand up on your route, you're falling over while Brady's trying to get the ball to you. I mean, just an absurd performance. Like it was, I mean, it was like that with Darden. Like, I mean, you got two options in the passing game that literally can't even stand up. And like people want to talk about, I know people are going to because it's it's a quarterback and you always do, but people are gonna talk about Brady. Like you heard Arians in the presser, and Arians he don't criticize Brady, but he was just immediately like this was just complete incompetence from our skill position players you know they had they weren't getting open we dropped 100 passes like this was just a joke of a performance by those guys and it was and yeah it's hard you lose evans and godwin in a game and you're already down perryman and ab it's hard for sure bucks weren't going to score 30 points in this game if they ran this simulation of life 100 times they weren't going to score 30 points with those guys out it just wasn't going to happen but you could have scored 10 10 points which would have won you the game you could have scored that. Just absurd. Like, no points? Come on. And it was there. I mean, that's the most frustrating part. They drove into Saints territory enough times to win the game. Suck it, missed a field goal. Terrible. That can't happen. Brady, I know he got to get away because two guys got beat right away on the O-line, Kappa and Wirfs, and he had to get out of the pocket. And, you know, yeah, he fumbles when he gets hit from behind trying to make a play and you got to be careful. You got to protect the football. No question, but come on. Like if you're starting the critical, critical analysis of that play with Brady, you're missing the mark. Like, yeah, hold on to the ball for sure. When you get hit from behind by a defensive end, but look like two of your guys lost immediately up front immediately. Like, you know, it's, it's just, again, you can't, if you start your analysis, Brady, you're just tripping. Like you just are like, it just can't happen. Like, and we do whole videos about how he could have been better in the second half against the Bills, but this just ain't on him. Like, it just ain't. So just move on to another topic, honestly, if that's what you're going to come with, because this was just so embarrassed. I mean, Cam Braid, how many times he had an opportunity to make a play? Brady hits him on an unbelievably well-placed ball, low throw with tight coverage on a, what would have been a big gain in the Saints territory. He can't come up with the football. Brady hits him again on a quick out, past the first down marker, and they're trying to drive before the half, get points on the board, drops the ball can't finish the play i mean it was like that all night brain had two that he should have caught gronk had three or four that he should have caught tyler johnson dropped one godwin dropped one vaughn dropped one and that's not even counting the amount of times guys should have made plays with the ball in their hands just didn't i mean tyler johnson can't outrun what's left of bradley roby while he's running he's got full speed up ahead and he's getting caught by the ankles first punt of the game for the Bucs. Leonard Fournette can't beat Carl Granderson. That's a defensive end. You can't beat him out in the flat to pick up a cup with Brady delivers you a ball in stride. You can't get up field and make that play. Just, I mean, that's just not good enough, man. Like it's just not good enough. We appreciate uh, Robert with the $5 super chat. This is great stuff, Robert. Uh, appreciate all the super chats, honestly, for the show. And I know a bunch of people in here already. Hey, hit the thumbs up if you can. Hit the like button on the show if you can. Uh, Pewter Report Podcast, we greatly appreciate that. Obviously, when you do that, it helps us out a ton, no question about it. Um, so, yeah, hit that hit that like button and uh, get us uh, get us some, some love here on the show uh, late at night that helps out our YouTube algorithm a, a good bit here. And we appreciate this $5 super chat. Robert Farmer, $5.00 says Rojo was out on a crucial third and one because he was gassed. Yeah, let's just talk about this for a second. Oh, my gosh. Like, you've got a third and one, got to have it in a 6 nothing game against the Saints with a division on the line. First of all, Rojo's been waiting for this opportunity the whole season, right? Right? 
Guess not, because he's not even in the game. He's gassed. He's got to have a blow on third and one. Was it two plays before that? Unreal. Then you decide your fourth string running back, who has been nothing but an abject disaster since he entered the league. I mean, this dude had 11 targets last year and dropped four passes, fumbled twice. You can't even make up how bad Deshaun Vaughn has been. I mean, he's been as bad as any player that's ever played running back when you look at his small sample size. I mean, it's just that horrible. That's the guy on third and one with his 10th carry of the season? Just come on. Get out of here with that, man. I can't even believe that call. I can't believe it. And I can't believe the personnel usage either. It's so bad. Like, Keyshawn Vaughn? Have you watched this dude? He can't stand up. Giving him the ball on third and one with the game on the line. Drive me crazy. Now, not that they had a lot of options to go to. I mean, you have to get incredibly unlucky in a football game to lose Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, and then at the end of the game, Levante David, Pat O'Connor also hurt. Bruce Aarons had no real update on those injuries after the game. Uh, so we'll just have to see uh, as those guys progress, um, you know, how that thing looks and everything. But uh, yeah, it was it was incredibly unlucky. There's no doubt about that, in my opinion. It was an extremely unlucky game for the Bucs. You know, it was a kind of a perfect storm of errors just over and over and over again for them. And so, you know, you know, you again, there is always that part of it in games. Like, you know, if they played the Saints, you know, a hundred times, you're always thinking about like what's most like is it likely that they drop, you know, eight or nine passes again, mess up routes the degree that they did, lose Godwin and Evans in the beginning of this game, um, lose Fournette, who's already playing hurt. Um Probably not. <laughs> Probably doesn't happen. Um, but this was still really bad. You know, you've got to be able to overcome some things. And again, like I said, they drove into Saints territory. They had opportunities. You know, there's no one to blame but themselves. They had all those chances to enough chances to to be in to win an ugly game, to win a 10-9 game, to a 10-6 game. Um, and they just didn't take advantage of it. I mean, Suckup deserves plenty of blame. He misses the 48 yard, he got to make that kick. No question about it. Again, O-line loses, Wirfs loses immediately. Brady gets sacked, and you know, you're, you're push, pushed back further for the kick. Still a very makeable kick. He's got to make it. Um, Bruce was quick to point out that how the kicking game let them down. Bradley Pinion has been just horrible. Um, you know, He had a good punt inside the five, got to like the two or one-yard line, but he can't be consistent. He just can't. He's just struggling. I mean, 30-some-yard 30, 30 punts a couple times tonight when they needed big kicks, and – Ultimately, a bad punt led to the Saints' uh, field goal to go take that nine nothing lead. Not that it would have mattered. I guess they didn't even need that, but um, you know that was demoralizing too because you were looking at a two score deficit uh, at that point in the game. So uh, you know, Taysom Hill was obviously bad. He, he is bad, and the Saints' offense, you know, was was bad. We knew they were going to be bad, and the Bucks' defense, you know, they gave up two plays early that they shouldn't have gave up, and probably went back. But obviously, they they played really well, and we'll talk more about them as we go here, but. I know people want to put uh, some talk about uh, Byron Leftwich, and you know this is hard. Like, I don't agree with everything Leftwich did. Obviously, my rant about Vaughn aside, um, but I cannot levy the most amount of blame when when you lose like this. Everyone, you could talk about blaming everybody. Like to be honest, like to, in some moment of the game, but you know, again, this is difficult because this offense is predicated on having receivers that can get open, and when the Saints play man coverage. You know, yes, I think he could have gotten a little more creative at times, maybe to, to make something happen. But when the Saints play man coverage to the degree that they do with the personnel that they have, it's just very hard when your receivers cannot create space and separation uh, at all. And then uh, to top it off, you know, late in that game, you're down nine nothing, and you're trying to throw the ball every down. Now you've got their pass rush teeing off, and you're in a situation you don't want to be in. So, you know, but the first half, I mean, in the first half, no, like I just feel like Scott in the first half, the Bucks just didn't execute period on offense. Yeah. Like I don't have a huge gripe against the play calling in the first half. And even when they lost all their guys, they said, okay, we're going to run the ball more. You know, everybody's yeah. like, Oh, if you run the ball more, you can win. Well, this game was right there all the game. And they, they ran 21 times for 118 <laughs> yards and they averaged 5.6 yards per carry. Yeah. And 
It just didn't matter. Like it did, didn't make any difference because they got in the Saints yeah. territory four or five times and came away with no points. I might have said this uh, when I came on at halftime during the the Peter Game Day show. It seemed to me, John, that that we know that the Saints don't fear the Buccaneers, right? They they just don't. They 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 feel like they have the Bucks number, and by God, they do. In the regular season, there's no doubt about it. But right from the get-go, even though it was an incomplete pass, not an interception, that aggressive play by Marshawn Lattimore just seemed to light a fire under the Saints. It just seemed to give them a little extra boost of confidence, maybe that they didn't even need. But it just, from that first play on, the Saints just said, like, we've got these guys. Even though that pick didn't count, we'll get another one at some point in time. Yeah, The the, the Saints just didn't flinch. And I think for the Buccaneers to really – Take it to the Saints. They had to to score an early knockout um, in this game because, I, from a, an offensive standpoint, the Saints and you saw it nine points. They don't have the firepower to keep up. Yeah. But I think the Saints defense just got so much confidence early on from those three and outs that they just said, "Like we got this," and they yeah. do. Yeah, and I didn't even talk about that play. Jeez, I mean, Tyler Johnson running like the worst slant route of all time yeah. against press coverage just gets bodied up, basically. And you right. can call it should have been a flag if you want. But, I mean, just play physical, play tough, create separation, like get your body in position to make a play. And, you know, Tyler Johnson is not an outside receiver. That's another part that makes him a tough fit right now in Tampa Bay with the way that they use their outside receivers. He just yeah. doesn't play that way. So I, I listen, yeah, I, I'll tell you what, I, I, I was just on news channel eight, just doing an interview with Dan Lucas. And I, I, I said everything that I said here at the start of the show in it and just hearing myself say it again, this is an indictment on some of these young players yeah. because this is your opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Scotty Miller, OJ Howard, Jalen Darden, Tyler Johnson, sneak Vaughn, I mean, those guys did not show up. And I'll tell you what, um, you you can believe that Tom Brady is going to be throwing a hell of a lot of passes to Antonio Brown. He's going to go back to Gronk. It wasn't Gronk's night, but, Gronk, yeah, Gronk, yeah, but Gronk's got a lot of history. This this was an aberration for Gronk. Right. This is, you know. it's It sucks that it came on a night where they needed him the most. Yes, for sure. agreed. Agreed. But, but I would say Gronkowski's maybe been the best tight end in the NFL this season. Obviously, Kelsey oh, yeah. Andrews just yeah. had unreal games, so everybody's going right. to react to that strongly. But, yeah, I mean, obviously those guys made up some ground. But Gronk is, Gronkowski's been unbelievable when he's played this season. Yes, but there's, tonight was there's no doubt. Uh, but but I'll, I'll just say this. When you've, got, when you've got all of those guys that have a chance to earn Tom Brady's trust, right? And, and you mm-hmm. can even throw Rashad Perriman in that – that same category until he made that play. Yeah. And you even heard Brady tell Tracy Wolfson after the Bills game that, yeah, he, he earned our trust. Well, here's the thing. Brashard Perryman already had Bruce Arians trust. Shit, he put him out there for what 50 plays in that game, right? Or, or something like that, right? <laughs> the game before he, the Falcons game. The game before, exactly. Like he already had Arians. I mean, Arians probably going in there to Tom. Why aren't you throwing a BP? And the guy's like, every time I do, he can't catch the ball, right? <laughs> So, drops. right. It's not about Bruce Arians. It's about Tom Brady. He's got to earn the trust. And so when Scotty Miller, who's fast, can't separate, when Tyler Johnson, who's slow, can't separate, Keyshawn Vaughn has a perfect pass, bounce off his hands, can't catch, you know, uh, Jalen Darden cannot run a route to save his life. I mean, yeah. Tom Brady is not throwing you the ball. You are essentially a decoy next week at, at Carolina. That's what you are yeah. because the ball is going to be going to A.B., if you're if you have any any Antonio Browns on your fantasy, you better play him next week. Yeah. AB is getting some balls. Gronk is getting balls. Rojo might get a ball. <laughs> he caught his tonight, so you know he's got a little bit of trust from Brady now. Um, but I can't believe Vaughn drops that it. throw. It was just oh the softest. Like yeah. it literally just Brady threw it that. Like it. I know yeah. you suck, but here you go. Like yeah. that's how he threw it and. I mean, just amazing. It's like awful. you literally you're only gonna get a couple chances. Just I can't, yeah. I can't. And and see, and here here's this is kind of the damning thing, right? Because it's like, you know, Jason Light and and the, the personnel department, they they made these draft picks. But the problem is this team was so loaded that you don't even know what you have, right? And they're kind of counting on Vaughn to be maybe the number two back next year, right? I mean, if, if you bring Fournette back, maybe, you know, Bernard, I mean, at some point, at some point, they're expecting Vaughn to elevate to number three to number two at some point, right? Mm-hmm. 
but it's like when when you give him an opportunity and he doesn't do that, I mean it it knocks him back down a peg. And the same with yeah. with Darden. It's like um, I I have not seen anything that excites me from Jalen Darden this year outside of one punt return. Oh no, yeah, I no, just I, I haven't seen anything from Jalen yeah. Darden outside of one punt return that excites me. Right, and obviously the season's going to be won or lost by the availability and play of, of the veterans, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I've better the guys than the were out there tonight. But it is it does suck. I mean, going into the year, we really thought like those four, five, six spots for Bucks at receiver were going to be better than they've been. They just haven't been. And we really thought the two, three spots at tight end were going to be better. And they right. just haven't been good at all. No. You know, so no. it it's it, they don't have the depth that we thought they did. They are kind of, you know, they have Gronk and they have those top three receivers. And after that, it's it's a pretty big drop-off right now between them and everybody else. I still believe in Scotty. I just don't think – like, to me, Scotty, like, him not, him being able to get open wasn't the issue. The issue is what Scotty does is so complimentary, right? Like, his right. ability is so complimentary. When you don't have the feature pieces, Scotty's right. value goes way down. So yeah. I don't have, like, as big a gripe against him. Like, for example, he's coming in for Evans in this game. He's right. playing Evans' role. So the Saints <laughs> yes. are just continuing to defend like they would defend right. Evans. Like, Miller's not going to be open. He's He should draw yes. coverage for the other guys. So, like, that's where I, I get off Scotty's back a little bit. Yeah. But the rest of these guys, yeah, I just – I think we're re- seeing the limitations of Tyler Johnson. Jalen Darden excited us way more yeah. in camp, and it just has not worked out that way in the season. But even more disappointing has been Cam Braid, I think. O.J. Howard, yeah. you know, whatever, he can't get on the field, you know yeah. – I don't know if they just like Bray more. I'd, I'd rather see Howard try and do something in a game. Well, like I see this, that. But. See, I, I would too. I actually disagree with you there because I, I see what, what Cam Braid is. He's a 30 year old tight end who's literally just, just about done. Okay. Yeah. I think it's actually more disappointing that OJ Howard can't beat Cam Braid out at this point in time yeah. to, to see targets. That, that, that to me is just. Yeah. It, can mind. he not? Do they just think Braid is. You know, are the coaches like stuck on Braid? I mean, OJ wasn't horrible when he played. I mean, obviously, neither of them are great blockers. You go back to the Philadelphia game. God, yeah. they designed like tight end screens for him. He had yeah, a touchdown he pass. Pretty good. I mean, yeah. It's like, where's that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, he's the fact that he can't even play in a game like this or can barely play. Or get That's what I'm saying. Remember, he was like the best guy in camp last year. You know, it's just yes. crazy how fast. Yes. The group feels like it's falling off at the depth. I think Evans and Godwin are having great seasons. Gronk's having a great season. AB was having an unreal season. We saw so those four guys were everything we hoped they would be. Yeah. And then some probably. Right. Everybody else has been more disappointing this year. No, there's no so doubt about it. When so. you lose all those guys in a game, you're you know, it's yep. obviously going to be hard. I'm not discounting that. Again, I don't think they were going to score 30 points, but they, they could have scored 10. Yeah, the game. Like they that. needed 10, John. They needed 10. That's all they needed. And Ryan Suckup, oh, you picked a bad day to miss a kick, man. Jeez, and I, listen, John, and I'll tell you something. Dude. We, we got to talk about special teams because Bradley Pinion's punts have not been good. They yeah. brought in another punter. I know he does kickoffs, and he's a fantastic kickoff guy, but that's almost a luxury. I'm just saying uh, Keith Armstrong, special teams coordinator, buddy don't know <laughs> don't know if you're here in 2022 i mean no, bruce ain't gonna fire any of his people i know These bruce is guys, loyal you know? but i mean yeah. special teams this year have not been good it's pretty bad it's pretty the return bad game has um, been bad the yeah. coverage units have been okay there was a couple there was a, a return tonight down the sidelines yeah. coverage unit was bad grant tonight. stewart's been actually good he had he had a you know a 15 yeah. yard you have to think about tonight. this too, though, Scott. Remember, this is a team that allows less, as little, as few kickoffs as basically anybody in the NFL. Right. So they, so you don't really see their kickoff coverage, and when you do, it's bad usually. That's right. Yeah. And, you, and, you wrote a story on it. it was the yeah. it was the worst last, last year? Was year. the worst yeah. in NFL history? <laughs> history. Now they only allowed like thirteen returns all year, yeah. but still the average. Yeah. Yeah, the average, and um, then punt return. They they were punt. I mean, tonight they punted yeah. all game long. It was like their best. John, this, this just occurred to me. Too, You're a spoiled brat. You're a you're a spoiled brat. <laughs> well, welcome to the welcome to the Buccaneers shit adult, show yeah. that I had to, to watch for for a decade. Games like this, this those games like this, this, yeah. this yeah, game right unfazed. here. I'm like, this was the worst game I ever watched. You're like, yeah, it it's up there, but it's it's definitely not the worst. No. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. I mean, even it, yeah, it, it might was, be in the top twenty, but yeah, uh, you know, it's, right. It's, we appreciate five dollars super chat by Robert uh, again. Yeah. He says, "I loved when Bruce said we left Vaughn in for pass situation." I mean, I you you have to play Vaughn. Like I'm, 
I'm yeah. not totally hating on that. Like I get that when you lose two running backs, you have to play him. Now you really have to think about like how quickly can Kenyon Barner be better yeah. than this guy because this guy can't play. Like, yeah, right. yeah, he probably comes out against the Panthers and does like two great things. I get it. Like, yeah, I know how. It well, goes, indeed, but, like, indeed. yeah, I, I, I was, I was, I was actually going to say, does Kenyon Barner do kick returns next week for Jalen Darden? You know, see, Darden, that, see Bruce loves focus. Darden. Uh, just, you know, focus on wide receiver stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm not drinking the Darden Kool-Aid. Oh, I'm I'm definitely not, not drinking. drinking the Darden Kool-Aid. But Bruce is clearly, I mean, if you ask anytime he talks about it, he's like, I think he's done a great job, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like obviously not a receiver. He's 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 criticized Darden receiver, but he Bruce thinks he's fine in return. So I mean, whatever. Like yeah. he probably should have fumbled one tonight. And then he fielded that one crazy out of no like yeah. It's actually the I biggest know. miracle in a game that went the way this game went. That yeah. he like didn't make a worse mistake. Like right. it, this game, I said this during the live stream. It had all the makings of like a great like of Darden like muffing a punt deep yeah. in his own territory, and the Saints just getting a field goal to go yes. nothing. It yeah. ended up obviously being Pinion who screwed him up and, and gave the Saints a short field right. punt. But it had all the makings of that. Darden was that bad in this game and and, and didn't get it done. Scott, we got to we got to mention a few of our of our wonderful sponsors uh, before this pod gets totally off the rails here um, as we bring in some more of the Peter Report staff in a second here to give their commentary. But our friends over at livinggolflife.com, uh, they got some great uh, stuff over on their site, livinggolflife.com, polos and hats. Make sure you check those out and give them a follow on Instagram uh, as well to see some of the new stuff that they've got in their line and that they've got going on, especially if you're looking for gifts uh, this holiday season as well. Great place to stop as well. And then our friends at Pin Chasers as well, bowling, food, and fun. Scott, the food, pin chasers, you've been, you know, right? Yeah. I mean, this food is the real deal. Johnny, it is. And it's the craziest thing, right? Because you, when you think, hey, honey, where do you want to go for dinner tonight? Um, let's go to a bowling alley, right? right. I mean, that, that never comes out of your mouth. Except the thing is, hey, babe, you want to go bowling tonight? Yes. Where are we going go to go out to eat first? No, we're actually going to eat at the bowling alley because the food is surprisingly good. It doesn't taste like, like bowling alley food. We're talking about some fantastic pizza, Philly cheesesteaks. Great salads. I mean, the food is 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 one of the reasons why I actually go to Pin Chasers because I can do both there. I can bowl and have a meal. It's not like I've got to go out and drop uh, a ton of money at a restaurant beforehand and then go bowling uh, with the wife or the the kids. It's all there at one time. Like John said, bowling, food, fun, bowling leagues, corporate parties, corporate team building, fundraisers, the Pewter Reports, bowling league can all be found at the Midtown location. Now, the great thing about Pin Chasers, they've got three. The Midtown location, which is kind of in the heart of Tampa, right by one Buccaneer Place. They also have a location um, off the Veterans in Tampa and also over by my neck of the woods uh, out in Zephyr Hills in East Pasco. Make sure yeah. you mention Peter Report when you go there to bowl. You can visit pinchasers.net to find more information. It's great stuff from our friends over at Pin Chasers. Now we've got our friend Casey Hudson of PeterReport.com on the show as well. Casey, you are at this debacle. I'm so sorry. How are you? I'm so upset that I left my house today. That's what is happening. You're not the only one. I'm thinking Tom Brady might have thought that at that too. Yeah, yeah he's out here. Definitely this game is over. left his house today. But yeah. I mean, to start caffeinating at 4 p.m. and preparing for this, it's just kind of rough. But right. Even the energy at the stadium, I mean, it felt like a twilight zone. These yeah. eight, these eight PM, eight twenty-five, whatever you want to call them, games, they're they're rough as is. Mm -hmm. So then to have that play out the way that it did is just no touchdowns, nine points. Yeah. It was a yeah. slog fest. We we actually do need to talk about the Bucks defense because they did yeah. play pretty well. I mean, they mm -hmm. obviously the Saints defense or the Saints offense is terrible and they've they've pretty much struggled in most of their games this year so you knew it wasn't going to be like a super high scoring game right by the saints offense and you know defense but they, they, i mean giving up nine points is you gave up two explosive plays down the field yeah um you know which obviously you'd like to have back the first play smb just gets beat and he can't get beat but it was also an unreal throw by Taysom Mill. he's not made that throw in his right. career like one time he came into this game one of seven on 20 plus air yard throws and zero big time throws per PFF. And wow. that's like been his whole career. He can't throw the ball down the field. Well, he hit two of them and he had a third one dropped in this game. So yeah. when it rains, it pours type of a moment. The, the second big play, I just want to touch on really quickly because the middle of field safety is cutting that crossing route for the Saints on that play. 
Davis is actually giving like I know he kind of gets beat on the play, but he's kind of passing off that post pattern right. to Sean Murphy Bunting, who's the opposite side corner. He's yep. actually replacing in the middle of the field. So he follows that crosser across. Yep. And then the safety cuts the crosser and SMB replaces the safety in the middle of the field there. But he but really didn't. He, <laughs> like, I was about yeah, to say. Here's the thing. This is like kind of actually a good idea, but the Saints didn't do this on purpose. But I've kind of thought this before. If you underthrow that pattern, yeah. you actually like can't defend it really. But most right. of the time, everybody just tries to put it out there on the post for the receiver can catch it running. But right. that's where the corner's coming to. Hill didn't do this on purpose. Taysom Hill's like so badly that as SMB is running to the middle of the field location, because yeah. he's just kind of trying to get to a landmark to defend what would be normally a post pattern in that right. crowd combination. It's like a back shoulder underthrown post. It's <laughs> yeah. like, just a back shoulder post pattern. That's fantastic. And, and like this is what I mean when I tell you, like when it rains it pours. Yeah. There's like no way. <laughs> Like you just get screwed sometimes. Like yeah. I'm not even trying to rip SMB for that play. Like it, no. you just can't do much about that kind of unluckiness. Right. Like it just happens. And obviously they did the best they could with it, but yeah. defense was pretty good tonight. Right, Casey? They were. Yeah, they were. There were a couple moments though, where Carlton Davis kind of looked at SMB and threw his hands up kind of like there was a miscommunication back there, or you got to do better, or you've got to get to your mark faster or something. But they have stepped up game by game in at least the last three, four games, which is fantastic. But for some reason, when it comes to the Bucks, and Scott will probably feel this pain more than anyone else, it's rare to see the offense and the defense being consistent and both executing. It's always kind of like the defense comes in and saves yeah. the day or the offense puts enough points on the board to where what the defense does doesn't matter. It's so hard for both sides of the ball to just execute. Yeah, I mean, I think that's happened against the Bears this year and then in the Super Bowl. Those are really the only two games that I can say were kind of like a complete game, right? A 38-3 to blowout of Chicago here and then the Super Bowl 31-9. to I mean, every other game you've had one side of the ball have just, just a letdown and just not yeah. perform. And uh, it's been very disappointing that this team has not been able to put – together an entire yeah. game uh, and 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 I, again i think the thing that's missing in this game and, and while i want to give the defense props and and nine points in this day and age in this modern day i mean this is almost like like a dungy ball game this is like buck ball back in the 90s i was watching mm -hmm. i was texting warren sap saying does this look familiar <laughs> this is like <laughs> you know this is like buck ball from from dungy uh years gone by but um but just no takeaways right mm -hmm. that's that's Andrew the, adams you yeah, had a chance, oh. a big time drop, you know, and yeah. it was costly because he because had room to run too. Yeah, and at that point in time, it's still a six point game, right? right? And yep. if, if yeah. that interception happens, if for some reason, well, it wouldn't have happened. Never mind. Sorry, yeah. it wouldn't have happened because the the young players that were playing played like crap after the yeah. stars went down, and so yeah. no, they this right. game was over. It didn't. And yeah, the, the only hope was like a, that is like Adam's kind of circling back to what we talked to on Thursday, talked about on Thursday. The secondary needs to get more interceptions. They're just the, yeah. the takeaways. There has to be more action on that end. But then John and I talked about the wide receiver three position. None yeah. of those guys were accountable tonight. It was just like the minute that Evans and Godwin went out the door, there was no accountability. There was nobody who could help execute. There was nobody who could get the job done. Now, for a team that preaches next man up mentality, that is a very, very sad revelation. That's right. That took place on the field tonight. Casey, you nailed it. John, I want to get your thoughts on, on this and also you too, Casey. You know, Will Williams says, can't beat simple man coverage. It's not hard to figure out. That's why AB is the best weapon we have. And I agree, right? Because AB is the creator. He is the guy that can create his own shot. He doesn't need to have, have something schemed for him. But at the same time, guys, it, it isn't this a, like a flaw in Bruce Arians' offense because there is not as much scheming to get guys open. It's we're counting on you to beat your your man one on one in those situations. And when you're as uber talented as Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and in every other night, but tonight for Gronkowski uh, and also AB, you can do that, right? Yeah. But 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 when you don't have those stars, there's no help from the OC. There's no yeah. help from Leftwich to create for these guys. It's a flaw in some ways. It's a flaw if you lose everybody in the middle of a game. That's what I'd say. I think if you have a week to prepare differently, I think you can scheme. You can go to, oh, we're going to use some more of these calls since this is our personnel. Yeah. It's a little bit harder when you haven't practiced that way all week and you've practiced right. what you're going to do with the with your stars. 
a week instead. You don't expect to lose everybody in, in the same game. Um, sure. So th- I think that will make it better moving forward if they have to do that. Now, I'm not saying it'll be great. Yeah. Uh, if Godwin and Evans miss a couple weeks, it's going to be. Guys, we have some breaking news. Uh, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network just tweeted out, though he was ruled out for tonight, the initial belief is that Bucks wide receiver Chris Godwin did not suffer a major injury. Source said he'll have tests tomorrow, but based on the early diagnosis, Godwin sprained his MCL. That means he'll miss time with an MRI to determine when he'll be back. So he'll get the MRI Maybe tomorrow depends on how much swelling there is, because if there's swelling, that MRI will will maybe be later this week, Tuesday or Wednesday after the swelling goes down. So the good news initially is is they're they're suggesting it might be a sprained MCL. That's typically at the earliest a two week injury, more realistically, a three to four to five week injury. So we may not see Chris Godwin until the playoffs. That could be unbelievable. It would just be that. I mean, the way he was said, obviously. Yeah. But- I yeah. love this guy, John C. He said something about he thought that they would have gotten more tight end heavy during the game. Now, it's funny because I actually tweeted that at some point. I was like, all right, the tight ends are going to be the guys that have to bring this home for the Bucks." But I – and I don't want to crap anyone, but Cameron Bray and O.J. Howard, to think that they don't have a role on yeah. this team, whether it's you know significant or not, the fact that they – can't be put in that game to get some yardage or get this team down the field blows my mind because when they had a guy like Jameis Winston at the helm, they were able to make certain plays. It wasn't the prettiest or, you know, the greatest plays, but Cameron Britt was a lot more of a hell of a tight end a couple years ago versus what he does now. I don't know what those plays were in tonight's game with, with those drops and whatnot, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of wanted to touch on what John C. said because I thought the same thing. I thought that, okay, at this point, we're going to rely on tight ends. If Gronk's getting covered too much or he just couldn't get it together, whatever the case may be, there were some calls that I thought were questionable where it should have been a pass interference. But a guy like Cameron Bright should be able to step in and help and, and create some relief and get that team down the field. And yeah. the, their tight end position doesn't exist without Rob Gronkowski on this team. And that's. I agree. And it was not good tonight. Uh, guys, I'm going to dip out. I'm going to bring in Matt Matera, who's going to carry on with uh, with Casey and John. So have a great night, Bucks fans, and welcome in Matt Matera. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I mean, you look at you look at this game and how everything unfolded. I that's like I'm way, doing horrible. What are you I, talking yeah, about? I, look, <laughs> I, I'm not at the stadium still. Normally, I do the the post game press conference. I got out the of there as soon as I could. I had to get out of there. I had to get out of there. It was. Uh, I think the best way to describe it, honestly, was um, it was demoralizing. The way the Bucks lost, it was demoralizing. And I actually said, too, I was thinking about it. While it's a little bit different, the way the Bucks lost this game reminds me very much on how they lost uh, last season on Sunday Night Football to the Saints. I totally get it. Different st- score, 38-3. to Tonight they lose 9 nothing. But it was that same feeling of that the Bucks just could not get anything going. They clearly couldn't. They didn't score any points. And that just that same just bad feeling in your gut that you got from last season's game mm-hmm. is exactly how I feel and I would imagine a lot of Bucks fans feel tonight. Yeah. It was just a demoralizing performance mm-hmm. with an opportunity to clinch the division and still be in the race for the number one seed. And right. And obviously, obviously it would that. have been worse – if they'd lost this way with their starters in there, but obviously now it's more concerning because of the people that they lost in the game. Um, Yeah. That, that certainly, that hurts so much, I think because of that. And now you're moving forward and you obviously want to win the division and you want to be able to clinch that thing. And we'll look at scenarios and get all that up for you on the site here uh, in the coming uh, day. Well, hours, I should say, probably, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but all that stuff will be, um, be yet to be determined, but it's, yeah, it's when you lose this way, no question. You get swept by the Saints, you win the division, sweets or whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. Go in the Super Bowl now. Like that's that's that has to be their mentality. Like it would have been fine if they beat the Saints and it's fine. Now it's like okay, you beat the Panthers or the Jets. No offense, Matt. Uh, to to get this thing done, like it's you know it's it's it doesn't feel the same way. There's no question about it. I don't care what they they tell you. It's not going to feel the same way. And so uh, the the goal has always been bigger, Casey. Just to touch on what you were talking about, the tight ends. In the middle of the game, there was some opportunities. Like they had the tight ends out there. They were trying to go 12 and 13 personnel and throw the ball to those guys. And, you know, you saw Howard one one off his hands and maybe he was held. I look like he was. We never got a replay on it. Thanks a lot, Sunday Night Football. Awesome stuff. Um, and then, uh, you know, um, 
great drop too. Uh, had one sliding catch. Would have been a tough catch. I don't know if it count as a drop or not, but one you should make great location by Brady on, on that throw with no window. And then he had another one where he dropped it, where they first they said he caught it and then dropped on the third. So yeah, like those are the guys you're right. You needed those guys to step up once the wide receiver group became depleted. Then they just they were so bad. And then you get down late in the game, you have to throw every play. You need more speed on the field. You got to go to more wide receiver personnel packages. And but yeah, there's just put one of the hard things, and maybe it's the drawback of the offense too. They don't really teach now. Gronk's done a little bit of it, but Howard and Brate they don't really run the wide receiver routes uh, for this team at all. Right. So they're not versatile enough to do some of those things in a lot of, the, or they don't use them that way anyway. And so um, it's something I've asked Arians about before: is you know, is Howard going to learn? Could he play like X if you need him in a game, or could he do move around and do some other things for it? And he's kind of poo pooed that, and so not really wanted that to happen. So, yeah, it's it was frustrating to watch that though. Let's talk a little bit about the defense, Casey. Um, you know, from what we saw tonight, and we're actually going to hold off and do game balls uh, presented by Manscaped. We'll do those, I think, tomorrow on the show. We're going to do, but just early thoughts defensively on what stood out to you. I think the Bucks had nine tackles for loss and two sacks in this game. Uh, Alvin, the, the most amazing part of this whole like Bucks own or Saints own the Bucks thing is that Alvin Kamara has just been an absolute zero for the Saints almost every time they lose Kamara does nothing I mean he has 11 carries for 18 yards tonight Taysom Hill 11 carries for 33 yards tonight they didn't have a run over nine yards tonight Ingram had nine carries for 10 yards Bucks run defense was absolutely phenomenal in this game 31 carries for 61 yards casey that's crazy oh it's insane because if you look at any of the games this season that the saints have won kamara has over 100 running yards and if Taysom hill's involved he has like what 70 plus yards as a quarterback which is just insane so what i will say is that i i loved what i saw out of the bucks defense tonight honestly i mean i was quite happy with them all around they probably looked the best that they have as a unit from top to bottom uh, Levante David, though, <laughs> this guy, I mean, the his everything that he did on the field tonight, um, I mean, obviously yeah. before he ended up getting off was just mm. you could tell that he really stepped into that leadership role 10 times more this evening, knowing that he was going to be needed in the conduction out there, the executions. It all went very well. Even Devin White was doing a lot better and not being so you know, rowdy on the outside of it all. Like after doing certain plays, he, you know, kind of got his head back in the game. So if this defense can stick around with this and then obviously the guys that come back and heal up and if they can build off of that, that'd be a bright spot down down the stretch. Um, but yeah, very impressed with the defense. Joe Tryon almost had a sack, but the only thing that was he going did to get with he that. Did he yeah. got one, yeah. Oh, we did get it? Okay, so the he, only thing going to my mind with that is right. just he could like, have had multiple others, yeah. Exactly. There was just a few other ones that I'm just thinking about his interview with Scott, and I'm like, okay, like, at least this is the kind of guy who knows, like, how what direction he needs to go in and how he needs to do it. So you can expect better things down the stretch, hopefully. But, um, okay, yeah, yeah, so at least he got that sack. But this that's was interesting, though, because in, there. in the past he, saw, he missed tackles. Tonight he didn't – I don't think he missed a sack at all. I think he just like the ball was thrown as he got there, right, Matt? Like he was getting mm -hmm. there, but just as he got there, the ball was thrown, or he or he forced several incompletions too with pressure. Like he was really good. Yeah, he was really using his speed to his advantage. I thought the Bucks did a great job of you know you Casey, you you hit the nail on the head. I really thought Levante David and Devin White were you know two of the best defensive players on the field for the Bucks. And John, we were talking about how the Saints weren't able to run the ball at all. Uh, some of the runs that Taysom Hill had were those designed power plays with, with him just running the ball right at the start. I thought the Bucks did a great job of when it was a, a passing design play, they kept Taysom Hill in the pocket. They really didn't let him scramble around at all or anything like mm -hmm. that. And you go into any game, I don't care who you're playing. Um, if you allow nine points and not even allow a touchdown, you should win that. I would have said 100 times out of 100 before this game, but now I'll, I'll lower it to 99. You should win 100 times. <laughs> yeah. So 99 out of 100 times, you're going to win that game. Uh, like you said, Casey, Levante David, Devin White, I thought were great. And I also think um, for the style that the Saints play on offense with Taysom Hill as their quarterback, mm -hmm. um, you know you have to be ready for the run. You have to be ready up at the line of scrimmage. This was the perfect game for Jordan Whitehead to come back. We obviously yeah. know how good he is 
at safety with stopping the run. I thought he did a great job. He had eight tackles in the game. I believe that was, um, yeah, that was about tied for second highest on the team. Anytime he was up the line of scrimmage, he was making plays. Um, he had a tackle for a loss. There's there was times too he was in the in the backfield and he didn't necessarily make the tackle, but because he was there to stop everything in its tracks, then mm-hmm. other defensive linemen and other players on the box defense were able to to clean it up and get the stop. So a lot of encouraging things from this defense. Granted, mm-hmm. you know the Saints aren't really going to push the ball down the field in this iteration of their offense. But, um, yeah, like JTS played well. The linebackers did a great job when they needed to be the best players on the field going up against this Saints offense. And, um, yeah, the story really is not what the defense didn't do, but obviously the offense on it being able to score. Yeah. I think you guys nailed the top three performers there. I mean, that was Levante, JTS, and and, and um, it was Jordan vintage. Whitehead. It, it felt like – and I'm not saying that um, Levante David is washed or anything like that because that's not the case. But this felt like a vintage mm-hmm. Levante David from a couple seasons ago. You know, mm-hmm. he forced the fumble early in that game. He got the yeah. sack. He was just always involved, it felt like, on, on every single play. And that's you – know, I that's think that's Levante. the perfect way to say the vintage part. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's the fact yeah. that he was involved yeah. in every play versus kind of hearing his name here and there or seeing him do something here and there. It was like everything tonight – Levante David's name was attached to in, in terms of success on the defense, just about. Yeah. And that's, that's obviously what the bucks need. Now he's a foot injury. And so we'll see what that injury is moving forward, but they need him to be at that kind of a level. And when a team wants to run the football, he can be, you know, when he's in coverage, the way that they use him in coverage, it's just hard for him to be a more impactful in terms of making plays on the ball, things like that. But, man, he was unbelievable tonight. Uh, he played such a good game. Whitehead, Adams, honestly, in run support, uh, you know, and he drops that pick if he makes that play. But, you know, coverage otherwise, other than those two big plays, was really pretty good all night. I mean, there was really very few issues. Callaway did have a 100-yard game. That just kind of totally crept up on me. That was I guess. it. It was those It was, it was those two plays. plays. It was yeah. those two plays to Callaway, and that was essentially it. That yeah, really I, made the um, difference. Yeah, I know he, they hit him with a 17-yarder later. So, I mean, they got a couple chunks. But, again, it wasn't – it wasn't. It was a really good performance by the. They got pressure on Taysom Hill too a number of times. Mm-hmm. I give Phil credit. He actually made two of his two of his best throws under pressure when he'd been the worst quarterback throwing under pressure in the NFL going into this game per PFF. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those perfect storms again. Like, you know, you play the hundred times. Taysom's probably going to throw it to you a couple more times than just the once, and it could try changes things, but. Perfect storm. It's always a perfect storm against the Saints. Here's one of the most interesting parts of all of this. This could very well set up a a a matchup, a rematch. This could be a huge part in setting up a rematch between these two teams. I mean, the Saints to finish off the season. You know, if you look at their schedule, Dolphins, Panthers, Falcons. I mean, they can win all those games. You know, Dolphins have played a little bit better. Falcons beat them obviously before, but they play Dolphins and Panthers at home, and then they go on the road to play the Falcons. In the last week of the season, you know, this could be a football team that finishes 10 and seven and makes the playoffs to that seven seed very easily. And the Bucs, you know, we'll see what happens with the rest of the NFC. I think they're still the two seed right now. I haven't, I haven't had a second to even look at any updated to see how, what, how yeah, everything else they I'm were sure they're the two seed. They were a game ahead of Dallas and then the Cardinals obviously the lost Cardinals. today. So they're yeah. tied with the Cardinals, but I don't know what the tiebreaker is with the Cardinals. I know they're ahead of Dallas. I think they still have the tiebreaker, so I think they're still the two seed. So right now, if the playoffs started, they are they three seed. Let me look. I thought they were the two seed. I thought two as well. I thought so too. Um, also, it should be noted that um, Dallas and Arizona play against each other in the last week of the regular season. Um, so that could just seeding wise, that that's a right. big game, obviously for the third yeah. and fourth seed. That is a good point. Let's see. This is updated, I believe, after the game here. So uh, we'll see if we can get a look at the what the seeding would be. Um, I think it stays the same because when the Cardinals lost on Monday to the Rams, the Bucks jumped up to the second seed. So then nothing really changed because both both teams lost. And they lost the NFC team, so that wouldn't really change any of the. Uh, this says the Cowboys are the two seed. Is that right? I don't think that could be right. How could they? Hey, yeah, but as could, long as the Bucks avoid the Saints in the first round, I think uh, I don't even care. I want them to win. The Saints aren't good. 
Like I know they're good defensively, but if the Bucks have their dudes, they're winning this game. And there's no like you just can't and trot out Taysom Hill and win. Like you're just some of it felt play. like bad play calling because in certain moments, I I feel like there just could have been a better play to be executed or better work with 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 certain wide receivers. I think between you and Scott, you mentioned something earlier about these guys not just trying to. Um, what did you guys say? Crap, because it stood out so much to me. Um, just trying to get their guy off of them. You guys refer to it a lot when it comes to Tyler Johnson, but there's got to be man. something. Yeah, thank you. But yeah. there's got to be something different. Like you, you've seen all season that he can't handle that situation. Why continue to put him in that situation and think that anything different is going to happen? And I don't know what they're seeing in practice. Why they think that that in 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 a game time speed and a game time action that that might play off. And then Keyshawn Vaughn, he's got to go. I need a whole new running back group, like an yeah. entire new group. This draft, yeah, <laughs> no Casey, more of this. Yeah, no, what, no more. If you don't weigh at least two hundred and twenty pounds, you cannot be rostered for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Keyshawn Vaughn, little backside out of here. Yeah. He says. I was gonna say between Ke- between Keyshawn Vaughn and and the young guys I receiver that Bruce Aaron's pointing out to. Sure, they went into the game not really expecting to have to play in, in major moments, but this is the NFL, and injuries can happen at any moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying the whole team, but you know those guys, Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden, with all due respect, Scotty, and, and like Keyshawn Vaughn, when they got elevated into higher moments, they didn't look pr- prepared. They didn't no. look like they were ready to, uh, you know, seize the moment and and take that spotlight. You know, Keyshawn Vaughn, third and one, even. gets gets stuffed at the line. Uh, drops that pass that literally went right into his hands. Sure, he wasn't probably expecting to play all those snaps, but you have he to be ready for that situation. <laughs> and that's the thing is like she with the hurt. and maybe maybe it's a little over you know uh, OCD of me, but and the with all the twists and turns and the injuries that have taken place with the Bucks this season, don't you think that they would be taking a little bit more precautionary measures in practice to be like, if this happens, you know, kind of having a couple more backup scenarios, even removing injuries from the situation, this crazy life that we live in called COVID, I would have an extensive backup plan for my backup plan for my backup plan, which means everybody needs to be ready to get in there. But if I hear next man up mentality one more time and see that on the field, everybody's fired. That I would have so thought we'd, uh, who would have thought we'd be slammed the table for Brashad Perryman? Oh right. man, I mean tonight and... I would have given I'd have given my right arm for anybody who could tie their shoes tonight. To be honest, and I know it's up in the air. Perryman can do that or not, uh, depending on the game. But he did enough that I would have him tonight. I had a graphic just waiting because I was just waiting to praise Scotty Miller tonight. I had it archived, and then the play would happen, and then it'd be like, oh, let me just tuck this away one more time, yeah. and then I'd have it up ready to go up. Oh, no, never mind. No, 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 no. Yeah. I think. By I the think way, the, I was just going to say the Bucks are the three seed right now. Okay. Cowboys are the two seed because the head-to-head wow. doesn't go into effect and and up as a later tiebreaker. So it goes to conference record. The Cowboys have the superior conference record. You mentioned the Cardinals game, obviously being a big one for Dallas. So right now they would be the three seed. They would be playing the six seed, which would be the 49ers. Do you think I'd rather play the saints than the 49ers in the first round of the playoffs? Get I'll give you that. Yeah. I just, I don't want to place Cal Shanahan and George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Nick Boza. I'm sorry. I know it's more than a couple of players and they have their weaknesses, but I'm not trying to face Cal Shanahan with any in a playoff atmosphere with the way that that guy game plans. Like you have to talk about, you have to totally scheme for a team. You never play or see or like any of it. Like, I don't want to do that. Sorry. No. Yeah. I, I'd rather play the Saints. I, yeah, I'll take my Agreed. chances with Taysom freaking Hill. Like Tom I Brady agree. with his dudes ain't getting ain't losing nine nothing in the playoffs. Like it's not. I happening. think it I think too, just something I want to comment on. It was such a trickle down effect. And sure, it's all coulda, woulda, shoulda, and the scenarios kind of change and everything too. But you know, Ryan stuck up missing that field goal in the first half. It makes it either would have made it three three or the Bucks would have been down six three. That changes things later in the game. Like when Brady's scrambling and he's trying to get that first down when the Bucs were getting into the red zone, maybe Brady doesn't try to do the extra effort and 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 make a move on a, on a defender trying to make a miss. Maybe he just takes the sack, settles for a field goal. You tie the game up at 6-6 right there versus losing the football and not scoring mm-hmm. at all. I think there were so many cause and effect moments from that game, and uh, the missed field goal was, in my opinion, a big part of it. 
Yeah, this, this field was a big part of it, no question about it. Hey, we'll have more to break down on this game uh, because uh, tomorrow is going to be a day filled with further analysis of this one and looking at snap counts and getting up where Bruce Aaron said on the site as well. So make sure you are subscribed to the Peter Report TV uh, channel on YouTube, uh, Peter Report Podcast, and our All-22 film rooms as well. We'll be putting up some of those this week uh, to try and analyze this one further um, and figure out all the things that went wrong outside of the obvious, the injuries and the, the drops and so on and so forth. Uh, we'll, we'll take as good a look at it as we can for y'all, but definitely a super disappointing night to be a Bucks fan. The injuries will be, keep it locked, man. Pewterreport.com. We're going to have as many updates as we can get up for you on the injuries as quickly as we can get them and see what the prognosis is for a lot of these players uh, moving forward. But a lot is hanging in the balance right now for the Bucks. Um, you know, I'd say we'll find out what kind of team they are the last three weeks of the season, but we won't. We won't find out until the playoffs. This team is intent on not having us discover anything about them until that point in time. So we will go in pretty blind, unless they lose all these games, and then we'll then we'll know for the sure. The Bucks but. could beat the Jets with Kyle Trask at quarterback. Oh. I've, been, I've been on I've been on the record saying that. Uh, yeah. Today in the press box, and I did you say did you no, say wait. the Jets should have taken Kyle Trask over Zach Wilson? Have he said that yet on the air? No, I've not said that, but okay. you're getting Kyle Trask at quarterback <laughs> for the Bucks. If they have all their their main guys, their guys. Beat the Jets. Wow, impressive! So. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, still a lot uh, to be looked forward to for the Bucks. Obviously, but super frustrating one. No way to get around it. Losing mm-hmm. twice to this team, I don't care who's out there, is uh, it's just not good mm-hmm. at all. It's just straight up ugly. Uh, and you leave the Saints alive and well and kicking and confident too going into the final month of the season. So Bucks fall to 10 and four. Uh, we'll see how they can finish out the season. We'll be back tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Peter Report podcast for all the Peter Report crew, including Scott Reynolds, who was on the podcast earlier, J.C. Allen, who's not on the show tonight. I'm sorry, J.C., we missed you. I know yeah. he, probably, he probably wanted to go to bed as soon as he could. Kay Huddy. An M and M in the in the <laughs> on the show here. You see what I did there, Matt? Yeah, Love yeah, that. I like it. Yeah. I'm John Ledger. Thanks so much for listening, and we appreciate your support. Hit thumbs up. Make sure you're subscribed. We'll catch you again tomorrow on another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. <laughs>